0: All right, thank you, Pastor Ferry. Appreciate the opportunity to be here this morning, and uh, we had a good time, I think, last night. At least the pie was good. Don't know about the preaching, but we enjoyed the pie, and uh, it's good to see you guys. So many uh, older faces. (laughs) Looks like some of you all are practicing what I'm doing. It's called the BOG method, B-O-G, bald, old, and gray. It happens, and uh, life rolls on, doesn't it? And uh, what do we do? My dad used to say, just grow gracefully, there's no other way to handle it, so glad to be with you, and I know we have a bit of short time to get to our lesson, so I'm going to get you to Jonah chapter number one this morning, if you would, Jonah chapter number one, and as you're turning there, I just want to read you one short, this is my favorite story about a Canadian teenager, all right, I don't know where I got it, I don't know where it's from, but I like it, and uh, I use it all over. There was a teenage boy who worked in the produce section of the local market. A man came in and asked to buy half a head of lettuce. The boy said he would go ask his manager about that matter. So he walked into the back and said, hey, there's some nut out there who wants to buy a half a head of lettuce. As he was finishing saying it, he turned around the man was standing right behind him. So he added, this gentleman wants to buy the other half. Now you can laugh even though it's Sunday morning. This has nothing to do with anything. I just like the story. The manager okayed the deal, and the man went on his way. Later, the manager called in the boy and said, Man, you almost got yourself into trouble. But I must say, I was quite impressed with the way you got out of it. You think on your feet, and we like that around here. He said, Where are you from, boy? He said, I'm from Canada, sir. Really? Well, why did you ever leave Canada, asked the manager. The boy replied, Well, there's really only two things in Canada, ugly women And awesome hockey players. Really? replied the manager. My wife is from Canada. He said, No kidding. Well, what team did she play for? I just like it. I think it's a smart young Canadian man. Amen? Jonah chapter number one. We're in our missions weekend. And uh, again, I appreciate the opportunity to come. And uh, be a part of the service. As I said, we got here earlier yesterday morning, crossed over the border at Windsor, and uh, had to go and do almost two hours of food shopping for myself, for my son, for my other daughter, and for my other daughter. And we got a trunk packed full of Canadian food items to take home, so everybody will be happy between ketchup chips and fudgeos and all the rest of it. But uh, what do you do? And uh, take back that which we grew up on. So. But I'm glad to be here, appreciate it, and the hospitality, it's been good fellowship. Again, good to see so many folk, and good to see so many faces who I've never seen before. And that's always a good thing as well. And sorry you have to look at this this morning, but bear with it, all right? Jonah chapter number one. For whatever reason, God has left it up to us with his empowering to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ around the world. And so we have to remember the Great Commission, don't we? Go into all the world. Well, how can we go into all the world? I believe the only way we can do it is to send those to go where we can't go, to send those to go where they have been called to go, and to do the work that God has called them to do. And that takes prayer, and that takes finance, and it takes a willing heart. It really does. You're in Jonah chapter number one, but would you just let me read you a couple of verses from Psalm chapter number 96, verses one through three. Let me just give you a little snippet there of what David is talking about. God encouraging David the king, and again, to have a righteous kingdom. He said this, show forth my salvation. You can read this in Psalm 96, verses 1 through 3. I'm just sort of paraphrasing a little bit. He said, show forth my salvation. And then David said, declare his glory among the heathen. I believe there's two forms of evangelism we can use in our mission mind. Show forth thy salvation is what we call lifestyle evangelism. I think as Christians, when we get saved, we do become a peculiar people. Uh, The world doesn't understand necessarily the way we act and the way we talk and what we do, because once we get saved, we become a new creature, amen? We become different. And so there's certainly every day I live my life. I'm not perfect. I'm just a sinner saved by grace. I stumble. I falter. But with God's help and with His empowering, hopefully my life will portray a testimony of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's lifestyle evangelism. Show forth his salvation. And then he said in Psalm 96 as well, uh, declare the glory of thy salvation among the heathen. That's what I call mouth-style evangelism. That's where we literally will go to somebody and say, hey, uh, why don't you come visit our church? Let me hand you a tract. Let me tell you what God has done for me. Now, that takes a little bit of boldness. In this day and age, it's not getting any easier, but it's still the command of God, and that's what we need to do. And so we have lifestyle evangelism, we have what I call mouth-style evangelism. It's something God has challenged us to do as Bible-believing Christians, but it's not always easy. Jonah was almost really challenged to do the very same thing when God called him into the prophetic ministry to go to the Ninevites and preach the gospel of God. And in Jonah chapter number one, we're going to read some verses here and jump around just a little bit this morning with this thought in mind, declaring his mission's glory, declaring his mission's glory. In this message this morning, just for a few moments, I want to try to encourage you to be a missionary right at home, to be a missionary. Sometimes when we think missions, we think abroad, don't we? We think, well, it's, it's Nova Scotia, it's Belize, it's, it's here, it's there, it's Africa, it's India. But can I tell you, it begins right in our Jerusalem. People need to be saved here in Simcoe. People need to be saved right in our communities around the world. We're called to do that, but then we can also assist others to go where we can't go, through prayer and financial sacrifice. I want to remember this, that the gospel message is free, but it costs to get it out. No doubt about it. We're saved by grace. It's a gift of God. Thank God for the free gift of eternal life. The gospel message is free, but it certainly costs to get it around the world. So here we have a story of Jonah, a missionary man challenged by God, declaring the mission's glory. Jonah chapter number one. Let's start to read, if you would, please, right at the beginning in verse number one. We're going to hop around to a few different verses, all right? Verse number one. Now the word of the Lord came unto Jonah, the son of Amidai, saying, Now, here's his mission's call. Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city. Cry against it. Their wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah rose up to flee unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. Went down to Joppa. He found a ship going to Tarshish, so he paid the fare thereof. Went down into it to go with them unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. I want you to take these principles this morning very quickly and apply them to our life And I want you to apply it to you this morning as a local church. I love the Christian home, but there's nothing greater outside of the Christian home than the New Testament Bible-believing local church. It's God's called-out assembly. And we are called out this morning, and here we are as Christians and as a corporate membership of a church, and here's what we want to learn this morning. Number one, did you notice this? We are declared, to declare the glory of God, we must heed the mission's mandate. If we're going to declare the glory of God, we need to heed the mission's mandate. Let me challenge you this morning with this. The mandate given to Jonah in chapter 1 and verse number 1 was simply this. Go to Nineveh, preach the gospel. they are a wicked people and they need the Lord. I want to remind you this morning, folks, really, saved people don't need the Lord. They already got them. You understand what I'm saying? I'm not saying we don't get sanctified, we don't grow in the grace and knowledge of Christ, but I'm going to tell you this this morning. We all have Christians that are very Christianized when we come to church Sunday morning, but when we head out in the community, we lose it. And here Jonah is challenged, take the gospel of God, take the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, go to this one particular city, Nineveh, they're a very wicked city of the Babylonian Empire, and cry against it and preach to them. We must, as a church, we must, as Christians, continue to declare the glory of God. We need to heed the mission's mandate. We need to listen to what the Word of God says. And so here God comes to Jonah and says, I have chosen you. You're the man. I want you to go to Nineveh and preach. Well, what did Jonah do? How did he respond? I want you to see two things about Jonah. Number one, he was a reluctant missionary. He was reluctant. What does it say in verse 3? He, Jonah, rose up and fled. He fled. Oh, no, Lord, I'm not going to do that. I can't do that. I'm not going there. I'm not going to preach that word. How many men and women in the Bible do we see initially said no to God? When you really start to think about it, there's quite a few. And God would continue to challenge them and encourage them as he did here with Jonah. But I want you to see he was challenged to declare the glory, but he had to heed the need of the missionary mandate. Listen to that. He needed to heed the need. And sometimes we don't do that anymore. Sometimes we sort of turn a blind eye. Sometimes we, we turn a deaf ear. Listen, Christian day, we cannot do that. The world more than ever needs the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we need to heed the mandate. Don't be like Jonah. Spiritually speaking, well, I'm not physically running from the call like Jonah did, but maybe you're doing it Spiritually. Oh, here we go again. We're into April. Here comes that missions weekend again. We know what they're going to talk about. (sighs) Can't be like that. It's got to stay fresh. It's got to stay real. Don't be reluctant. Don't turn a deaf ear. Don't be like Jonah in this case. Here's another thing. Did you notice in verse number three as well? Jonah was a running missionary. Not only reluctant, but running. Literally, he hopped in a ship and went in a different direction down to Joppa to get away from the call of God. I had a gentleman one time say to me years ago, we have our missions weekend in November. And uh, for whatever reason, finally, God got a hold of his heart. But he was honest with me. He said, Preacher, I want you to know something. He said, I would purposely miss missions weekend because I don't want to hear it. Now, you're here today. God bless you for it. But he said, I just don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear about praying for missionaries. He said, I don't want to hear about giving finances. I give my tithes, my offerings. I don't want to hear anymore. He said, I didn't. But he said, one day, finally, God got a hold of my heart, and he changed my attitude, and he said, I stopped running from it, and I ran to it, and he said, you won't believe the difference it's made in my life and my family. Folks, it's as simple as this. We need to heed the heed. We need to listen. We need to to heed what God is calling us to do and never lose our excitement and joy about declaring his glory. Jonah said, I'm not quite interested The mandate is given in Matthew 28. I said it last night. I say it again. The great commitment to the great commandment and the great commission always builds a great church. To declare the glory, we must heed the need of the mandate. Now, number two, notice Jonah. Go to chapter number one again, and if you would, look at verse number two. We need this. Secondly, we need to preach and assist others to preach the missionary message. We need to preach... And assist others to preach the missionary message. Jonah 1 and verse 2, Arise, go to Nineveh, the great city. Notice the terminology here. Cry against it, for their wickedness is come up before me. Go over to chapter number 3, if you would, and look at verse number 2. Arise, this is the second time that God challenged Jonah. Go to Nineveh, that great city, look, and preach to it the preaching that I bid thee. Notice the two terminologies. Number one, cry against it. Cry against it. And number two, preach the preaching that I bid thee. Can I say to you, people in Simcoe, Ontario, and around our areas here, all across Canada, around the world, they need to hear the preaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is still that which changes the heart of man. The gospel message, no matter where, can still be an incredible blessing to the lives of men and women as it does its work and souls are saved. Please don't ever get over the joy of seeing souls saved, whether it be at home or around the world. The Bible says this about the angels of God. They rejoice in heaven over one sinner that repenteth. If it brings joy in heaven, it ought to bring joy on earth. The thrill of seeing people saved, whether it be here or around the world, People need the Lord. We must continue to cry against the wickedness of this world. The world doesn't like it much, but we must continue to do it. We must continue to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. The world may not like it, but they need it. And the church is the bastion. It is the lighthouse that is still needed in the world to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. There are so many good organizations in our world. There's so many good social organizations in our communities that do wonderful things that encourage people and help people. I'm not against those. But the greatest organization on earth is the gospel message coming from the local New Testament church through the preaching of the Word of God and its missionaries that are sent forth. It's still the best thing this world could ever have. It can change lives. It can make the difference. Thank God for social organizations. That can be a part of our community. But what good is it to feed a belly if the soul is empty? What good is it? You feed a belly for a day, but you feed a soul, it's for everlasting life. It's more important. I'm not against those organizations. I'm really not. I think they're needful and helpful, but there's nothing better than beyond feeding a belly is feeding a soul and seeing somebody come know Christ as Lord and Savior. We need to heed. And we must preach and assist others to preach the missionary message. It's still important. That's what God told Jonah. Go, preach, cry against the wickedness. People must know the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, verse number three about Jonah. We're in chapter number three. I want you to remember there can always be missionary miracles. We need to remember this. There will always be missionary miracles. In Jonah chapter number three and verse number five, Look what the Bible says. This is when Jonah finally heeded the call. You know the story. At first, he ran from God. God got a hold of his heart after all the whale tale and all of that and got him back where he needed to be. And Jonah finally obeyed. And he went to the city of Nineveh. And look what happened in chapter 3 and verse 5. The people of Nineveh did what? Believed God. And when you read the first two chapters, you would think there's no way these Ninevites are going to be saved. They're wicked people, they're ungodly people. And they were. They were awful when you read their history and what they were all about. They were very immoral, ungodly, heathenistic, idol worshiping people. But Jonah finally obeyed. Sometimes we can look around today and we can say, (laughs) you know, it's done. I mean, thank God for the remnant, but there's just, souls aren't going to be saved anymore. People don't listen anymore, people don't care anymore. We've become a very immoral, heathenistic society. We have all our idols out there, maybe not carved of wood and stone, but all types of different materialistic idols we worship. There's no room for God anymore. Let's just sail on the boat till we get to heaven, and it's all said. Friends, listen to me. Nineveh was more wicked than this world we ever knew right now. It was a terrible city. But Jonah went in the power of God. He preached the gospel. And the Bible says in verse 5, the people of Nineveh believed God. They believed. I'm telling you, there's still some that will believe. Not everybody, but some will still believe. There is the greatest miracle that can be fulfilled in the preaching of the Word of God at home and around the world. The greatest miracle is still when a soul is saved. It really is. When a soul is saved, what a miracle of God. And it can still be accomplished. The people of Nineveh believed God. They proclaimed a fast. They put on sackcloth, sackcloth, which was a sign of mourning for sin, from the greatest to the least. For the word came unto the king of Nineveh, and he arose from his throne, and he laid his robe from him and covered him with sackcloth and sat in ashes. There was a great revival that took place, a miracle, under the preaching and the teaching of the word of God. It still can happen. So many great miracles in the Bible. Feeding of the 5,000, walking on water. All types of them, raising of a dead man. But the greatest miracle is still spiritual life that comes to a man that's spiritually dead. Finally, I want you to notice this in Jonah 4. Last thing, notice this. We need to understand the motive, the mission's motive. Preacher, why do you preach this? Why should we care? What's the big deal? What is the motive behind all of this? I want you to notice what it says in Jonah 4. Start to read with me in verse 1. It, de- plea- excuse me, it displeased Jonah exceedingly, and he was very angry. You say, well, wait a minute. Jonah just preached. He finally obeyed God, and the people believed the gospel message, and they turned to God, Jehovah. There was great revival. It was an incredible time. Wait a minute. It displeased Jonah exceedingly? Yeah. Because you know what Jonah wanted? He wanted God's wrath to be poured upon the Ninevites. He despised them. And he was of the mind and the attitude, what right do they have to know God? He wanted them judged. Friend, listen to me. There's a lot of things I don't understand about this world and the people of the world and the people groups of this world, but I do know this. Red and yellow, black and white, all are precious in his sight. Jesus loves the children of the world. All men and all women deserve to be saved. Let us never get to the point like Jonah did where we begin to maybe hate a certain country. We hate a certain people group. What they stand for, what they believe, can I tell you what they wouldn't be like they are if they had the gospel message of Christ to change their heart and for souls to be saved. We'd have a lot less problems in the world if people knew Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. I tell our people all the time, I guess I'm not against it. I don't see, to be honest with you, much relevancy in it. These people that stand around and hold up placards and all types of crazy messages against the lost and unsaved world and so on, I'm just not much into that because I believe the thing that'll change their hearts and minds is the gospel of Christ, not a placard. Jonah was mad at the Ninevites. He despised them. He was against them. He wanted God's judgment on them. And here God sends him and, okay, I'll go and preach, Lord, I'll do it. I still don't think Jonah thought much was going to happen. And then all of a sudden, people start getting changed. They start getting saved. Revival takes place. And Jonah's like, jeez, I didn't want that. I wanted them judged. And so we get to chapter number four, and the Bible says he's very displeased. He's exceedingly angry. I think at himself and at God. And what did he do? He prayed on the Lord and said, I pray thee, O Lord, verse 2, Was not this my same when I was yet in my country? Therefore I fled unto Tarshish, for I knew, Listen, thou art a gracious God, merciful, slow to anger, great kindness, and repentest thee of the evil. Therefore now, O Lord, take, I beseech thee, my life from me. It is better for me to die than to live. And the Lord said, Dost thou well to be angry? Jonah said, I'm so fed up with this. I'm so upset. God, just go ahead and kill me. I'm just, I'm so upset about this thing. God says, Jonah, get a hold of yourself. What right do you have to be in my place? You have no right to be angry. I'm God, not you. I choose what I want to do and how I want to do it. You just be the, the pawn on the chessboard, and I'll move you when I want you to move you and do what I want you to do. Jonah got his priorities all messed up. Jonah needed to be reminded of, and we need to be reminded of, of this. What's the motive behind missions? Did you notice it? Look what it said. It said this. Jonah even said it himself in verse number two. We serve a gracious, merciful, slow to anger, a God of great kindness. There's the motive. God doesn't hate his people. He doesn't hate his world. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth on him should not perish but have everlasting life. Jonah needed to learn that God is gracious, he's merciful, he's slow to anger, he's of great kindness. That's why he died on the cross. That's why he shed his blood. That's why he wants all men to be saved. That's why the gift of salvation is free unto all who believe and repent of their sin. Jonah forgot the grace of God, the mercy of God. Friend, if you're here today and you're saved, you know the grace and the mercy of God. Don't forget it. Don't forget it. And get a hold of that principle and apply it to others. Do they not deserve the grace and the mercy of God just like you do? Not a one of us here today that deserve heaven. Not a one of us. Outside of God's grace and mercy. Jonah had to learn the mission's motive. The grace of God. Can I tell you something? Don't ever abuse God's grace. Just thank him for it every day. Thank him for it every day. He is a gracious, merciful God. There's not a one of us sitting here or standing here today that have not stumbled, faltered, sinned, done the wrong thing, thought the wrong thing, said the wrong thing. But by God's wonderful grace and mercy, we claim First John 1.9 and we confess. And God is willing to bury our sins in the depths of the sea and cover it in the blood of Christ. Why? Because he is a gracious, merciful, kind God. That's the motive. We must take the grace and the goodness of God to a lost and dying world. We've got the mandate. We've got the message. We've seen the miracles. Let's just get the right motive. And let's not be like Jonah. Don't be a running person from God's call of missions. Don't be reluctant. Be a willing vessel. Share the gospel of Christ in your own life and through your own words. And pray for and send those that go where you can't go. And I believe God can still save souls. Father, we love you today and we thank you for this very, again, familiar story in the life of Jonah. He was called to be a missionary. Lord, so many of these attributes in his life and qualities, sometimes if we look at it, we're sort of the same. And I pray that you just help us to align ourselves with your will and obey the motive of grace and mercy for a lost-to-dying world. And we'll thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen.